Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 28th of April. India registered 360,960 new coronavirus cases today, taking the total number of infections over 1 crore 79,97,000. This is the highest ever single-day rise in cases reported by any country so far. In the past 24 hours, 3,292 people have lost their lives to the virus, taking the total death toll to over 2,1,000. Maharashtra yesterday reported a record 895 new COVID-linked deaths and over 66,000 new cases. After Maharashtra, Kerala, Karnataka, Uttar Pradesh, Tamil Nadu and Delhi have the most number of infections. Karnataka has begun its two-week lockdown in a bid to break the huge rise in the number of cases in the state. Assam reported 18 fresh fatalities due to COVID-19 yesterday, while the total number of cases rose to over 2.43 lakh and 3,132 more people testing positive. Former Maharashtra minister and senior Congress leader Eknath Gaikwad died of COVID-19 infection this morning. The former MP, who was the father of Maharashtra school education minister Varsha Gaikwad, succumbed to the virus at a city hospital around 10 a.m. He had also served as the president of the Mumbai Congress. Prime Minister Narendra Modi yesterday chaired a high-level meeting to review the COVID-19 situation in the country and asked officials to ensure rapid upgradation of health infrastructure. The PM was also briefed on the efforts being made to ramp up the availability and supply of oxygen. Registrations for the third phase of vaccination, which will begin on May 1st, opened at 4pm today. Everyone above 18 years of age can get vaccinated from May 1st, but must register themselves on the government's COVIN portal, the Arogya Setu app or the Umang app. The government has advised against walking into vaccination centres without an appointment. The COVID portal, its app along with the Aragya Setu app today, crashed for multiple users as registrations for beneficiaries between 18 and 45 opened. Given the surge in cases, deaths and shortages of oxygen and other essentials, you have to wonder, how prepared was the government? Did it anticipate a crisis of this magnitude to hit India? Back in November, a parliamentary panel did a SWOT analysis and predicted that India would go through a severe second wave. It noted oxygen and medicine shortages during the first wave and presented a clear picture of the chaos that would ensue if these gaps were not plugged. But the government seems to have ignored the report, bringing us to where we stand today. Read Meghna's report on newslaundry.com to find out more. It's titled Parliamentary Panel Predicted Second COVID Wave in November. Several countries have stepped in to help India fight its battle against COVID-19. The first batch of Russia's Sputnik V coronavirus vaccine is expected to reach the country by the end of May. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced the country will contribute $10 million, nearly 60 crore rupees, to the Indian Red Cross through its Canadian branch to help tackle the crisis. Australia has also offered assistance, including 500 ventilators as part of its initial support package. Singapore has sent a consignment of medical oxygen cylinders. Second Minister for Foreign Affairs Dr. Maliki Osman flagged off two of the Singapore Air Force's C-130 aircraft, arriving in India with 256 oxygen cylinders. Bhutan will supply liquid oxygen to India to help tide over the health crisis. The Indian Embassy said in a statement that daily 40 metric tons of liquid oxygen will be exported to Assam using cryogenic tankers. The United Kingdom said it was sending life-saving medical equipment, including ventilators and oxygen concentrators. United States President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris also promised to help, as did Pakistan, France, Germany and China. Meanwhile, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the White House Chief Medical Advisor, has said countries have failed to unite to provide an adequate global response to prevent the tragic coronavirus outbreak from overwhelming India 
and singled out wealthier nations for failing to provide equitable access to healthcare around the world. Speaking to the Guardian, Fauci said, and I quote, "The only way that you're going to adequately respond to a global pandemic is by having a global response, and a global response means equity throughout the world, and that's something that unfortunately has not been accomplished." Unquote. India's oxygen crisis is exacerbated by a shortage of tankers and the daunting logistics of transportation. Private hospitals across Western UP are struggling to maintain adequate oxygen supply, raising frequent SOS alerts. Even as the government claimed the demand supply situation may have somewhat stabilized in central and eastern districts of Lucknow, Varanasi, and Gorakhpur, Maharashtra has been requesting the centre to increase its quota of remdesivir and oxygen supply to the state. News Laundry's Diksha Munjal experienced this trauma firsthand when her father was rushed to the ICU with COVID in Mumbai. Here's a snippet from her report. On the morning of April 18th, prescription in hand, I began the search for six vials of remdesivir. Family members, friends, and neighbors joined me, heading to pharmacies and hospitals, while I sat down with huge lists of remdesivir distributors that were being circulated on WhatsApp. Thirty phone calls later, I had nothing. The numbers were either busy or switched off, or the voice on the other end said, and I quote. Sorry, we're out of it. Unquote. I then tried the helplines of Cipla and Hetero, two of the half a dozen manufacturers of Remdesivir in India. Both said the drug would next be available in only four or five days. But Diksha's story is just one among thousands being shared and posted on social media of people struggling to respond to SOS calls while an overstretched healthcare system reels under shortages. Do read her report titled "My Quest for Remdesivir in Mumbai: Who Has the Antiviral Drug?" While you're there. Head on to Akansha Kumar's ground report titled "Just Bring Us Oxygen." North Delhi hospitals plead for help. Akansha pieced together how private hospitals in North Delhi's Rohini are struggling to keep COVID patients alive during the shortage of medical oxygen. Listeners, at News Laundry, we are doing our best to hold power to account at a time when so many people are struggling and even losing their lives. We are an independent news platform producing podcasts, ground reports, interviews, videos, media critique, and much more. We would not be able to do all this work. If not for our subscribers who fund it, so if you want a subscriber, now is the time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go now to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button at the top right-hand corner. Lowest subscription starts at three hundred rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. Yesterday, the Amitthi police lodged an FIR against a twenty-six-year-old youth for allegedly spreading false information on social media over the supply of oxygen. The Indian Express reported. Police said that during a preliminary inquiry, it was found that allegations made by the accused Shashank Yadav on Twitter turned out to be false. A case was filed under various sections of the Penal Code as well as the Epidemic Act. Yadav's message on Twitter begged for an oxygen cylinder for his grandfather. The tweet was amplified by hundreds of people, including the Wire journalist Arfa Khanum Sherwani. None of these posts mentioned COVID. Sherwani tagged Union Minister Smriti Irani for help, who responded that she had tried calling Yadav multiple times but was unable to reach him. Yadav's grandfather subsequently died of a heart attack. Yesterday afternoon, Amethi District Magistrate Arun Kumar responded to Sherwani's original tweet that sought help and shared the Chief Medical Officer's report. It said that Yadav's grandfather did not have COVID-19 and was undergoing treatment at a private hospital in Durgapur. However, Yadav's tweet had never mentioned COVID. He had merely asked for an oxygen cylinder for his grandfather. This came days after Chief Minister Aditya Nath claimed there was no shortage of medical oxygen in Uttar Pradesh. A massive earthquake of 6.4 magnitude hit Assam this morning, causing widespread damage. Tremors were felt in the entire region, including neighboring Meghalaya and northern parts of West Bengal. 
The quake hit Sonitpur district at 7.51 a.m., followed by two more jerks of 4.3 and 4.4 magnitudes at 7.58 a.m. and 8.1 a.m. respectively. Most parts of the region felt the impact of the massive earthquake as people ran out of their homes and other places in panic. Many buildings in Tezpur, the district headquarters of Sonitpur, Guwahati and other places developed cracks. Detailed reports are awaited regarding casualty. Four patients died this morning after a fire broke out at a private hospital near Maharashtra's Thane, around 28 kilometers from state capital Mumbai. Several others were injured in the fire. The patients died while being shifted to other hospitals after the blaze and not due to burns, an official said. According to NDTV, the blaze which broke out at the prime Care hospital at Kosa in Mumbra at around 3.40 a.m. has now been brought under control. Three fire engines and five ambulances are at the spot. Twenty patients were rescued from the hospital. Six of them were in the ICU. The fire destroyed the first floor of the hospital, an official said, adding that there were no COVID patients at the facility. The cause of the fire is not clear yet. Maharashtra Minister Jitendra Awad said Chief Minister Uddhav Thakre has been informed of the incident and the victims' families will receive 5 lakh rupees compensation each. The injured will get 1 lakh rupees. Last week, 14 coronavirus patients who were in the ICU died in a fire at a hospital in Virar, around 50 kilometers from Thane. The Supreme Court today directed the Uttar Pradesh government to shift journalist Siddiqui Kapan to All India Institute of Medical Sciences or any other government hospital in New Delhi for treatment. Kapan, who suffers from diabetes and heart ailments, contracted COVID-19 in Mathura Jail and is being treated at Mathura Medical College Hospital. The bench headed by Chief Justice of India N.V. Ramana said Kapan would be sent back to Mathura Jail after he recovers and could then approach the relevant court. The court was hearing an application filed by the Kerala Union of Working Journalists, or KUWJ, which said Kapan had collapsed in a bathroom at Mathura Jail and later tested positive for COVID-19. Kapan's wife had written to the Chief Justice saying her husband was chained like an animal to a cot in hospital and was in critical condition. In court, the UP government opposed allowing Kapan to seek treatment outside the state, saying other inmates were being treated in state hospitals. Kapan was arrested in October while on his way to cover the Hathras gang rape case. He was charged under the UAPA with sedition and has been in jail ever since. Now for some international updates. The global COVID-19 caseload has topped 148.3 million, while the deaths have surged to more than 3.13 million, according to Johns Hopkins University. Brazil's Congress has launched an inquiry into the government's handling of the coronavirus pandemic. The country has recorded more than 14 million cases and 391,000 deaths since the pandemic began. The inquiry could potentially lead to the impeachment of President Jair Bolsonaro, who has frequently spoken out against lockdowns, masks and vaccinations. The president has faced widespread criticism over his handling of the outbreak and his support has plummeted. However, Bolsonaro said he is not worried by the inquiry. Spain has said it hopes to open up to overseas travellers from June, as plans for an EU-wide digital certificate go beyond the European Parliament. Tourism Minister Fernando Valdez said a pilot test would take place in May so that Spain would be ready to receive travellers the following month. The EU has been working on a digital pass in time for the summer holidays. It would cover anyone who is either vaccinated against COVID, has a negative test, or recently recovered. Police in the U.S. state of North Carolina are facing growing calls to release footage of an incident that led to the fatal shooting of a black man. Andrew Brown, 42, was shot and killed last week during an attempted arrest. His family, who has only been shown 20 seconds of body cam footage, has described his death as an execution. They are now calling for the release of all body cam footage from the scene, 
and a judge will consider a formal request for this on Wednesday. The exact circumstances of Mr. Brown's death remain unclear. Seven officers were placed on administrative leave following the shooting. The FBI said it had opened a civil rights investigation into the incident to determine whether federal laws were violated. He was killed just a day after a white officer in Minneapolis was convicted of murdering George Floyd in an incident that triggered national outrage and global anti-racism protests. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah.